Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. We're going to talk to Cole Fotheringham coming up here momentarily. The tight end for the Utes joins us each and every week. I think, uh, what would you say uh, if uh, 10 is you're sure the Utes are going to win and zero is you're sure they're going to lose? What's your confidence level going into Arizona for Utah? 10. I think so, too. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, you, you can never say never, as they like to say uh, in sports. But Arizona, they got their win. That was kind of their one thing. The, the one thing they had this year to be hungry for was to not become the Detroit Lions and go winless on a season. And uh, they've avoided that now. So I just can't imagine they're going to turn around and, and have anything to uh, to throw at Utah. And you know what? Looking at uh, what the uh, what, why Arizona was able to win that game and all the nonsense that's going on right now with what they're putting these Cal players through and these kind of mixed messages on testing and vaccination and all these issues. Look, be safe. You have to test kids. You don't want to be you know spreading this virus all over, and it's a, it's not worth it to play a football game if kids are at risk. But it really doesn't sound like these kids were at risk, and they're just throwing all these weird things at the Cal kids that. They didn't know if they were going to be able to play a game on Friday. Yeah, Flew them down there and said, okay, here's Arizona. And, you know, I mean, Cal needs to play better. There was no excuse for Cal to not win that game. But still, it was uh, they, they made those kids go through some weird hurdles that they said were required that apparently weren't. Reading stuff in the Mercury News, uh, it just was, it was a little wild. So I don't think Arizona has much to play for. I think the Utes have a ton to play for. And the one thing Kyle Whittingham does... And I know November's kind of been the month for the Utes historically, but man, they are they are usually very well prepared. They are not caught off guard very often, so they'll be pre- prepared for this Arizona team. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I I expect them to stomp Arizona. And as far as Cal goes, yeah, absolutely, those are excuses. What a mess. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, and, and Cal's just not very good either. And Utah's really good. Cal is randomly terrible. I yeah. thought they were going to be better this year. I that saw was people a- throwing out Justin Wilcox as an option, potentially if he gets fired, maybe to go be an offensive coordinator. Up at Washington, but it, some people even talk about it as a head coach. It's like, well, he didn't win at Cal. You want him to go to Washington? That didn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he's done a couple of nice things at Cal, but it's not like he's been any better than Sonny Dykes was. Correct. When when Sonny Dykes was there, who also was a hot commodity on the coaching market uh, uh, coming up this year. But yeah, I mean, it, it would be like I mean, we've we're going to talk to Cole here in a second, but we've talked to Cole Fotheringham about going through losing some teammates over the last year, and like uh, I mean, I think part of the reason Utah is a great story is because they had every excuse to. Have an emotional, right. you know, have have some issues. I know it's it's completely different with Cal, but you know, it's hard to put stuff aside even when you're going to play football, regardless of what it is. You know, and it's hard and, when real life is in the way. Exactly. You know, it's hard when real life is in the way, and and what Cal was having to do was real life, and you know what Utah's had to do is real life, yep. and that can be really hard to win, and it's understandable. So yeah, that uh, that was a tough game last weekend for Cal going down to Arizona. All right, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of state winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties to sign up with paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. He is, he is a tight end for the University of Utah. He joins us weekly. He's our friend Cole Fotheringham. Cole, what's going on, man? Not much. How you guys doing? Doing well, Cole. We're doing great. Um Listen, what's it like to just completely run over a team? Well, I mean, it was a it was a great week of preparation, and you know, to go in there and have the kind of night that we had there was, you know, you, you don't get those kind of performances every um, as often as we'd like, and so we just really took it all in, and um, we were excited to, you know, go down there and. and 
and be as dominant as we were. And I think that, you know, it, it shows a lot about this team and who we are and, and what we're capable of. I mean, I guess as a tight end, maybe it's an obvious answer, but do you like games where you're able to run the ball more, or would you like to see it? You, did, you just didn't have to throw the ball against Stanford, and you were able to get the win. Do you like games when you're throwing the ball more? Do you like an even balance? What do you prefer? Um, you know, I think that there is something to just running the ball, and I mean, they know what we were going to do the whole time, and and they just couldn't stop it. So there is something to that, like having that mentality, but obviously, you know, you want to get the ball and it's fun to pass the ball and, and take shots down the field as well. So um, I don't have a problem with it necessarily. And I know that coach Witt, you know, he likes to make statements like that where, where we can be as dominant uh, as, as we were running the football. So um, that's, that's the program that we are. That's the, that's the, you know, kind of the, the model that we carry. And, you know, if that's what it's going to take and that's what we're going to do, then we're going to get behind it. So this may be an obvious question, considering the fact that Stanford has the uh, statistically worst rush defense in the in the league. But was that the plan going in? Was the plan, you know, hey, we're going to run this ball until they stop us? Uh, I think that's always pretty much the plan. Is we're gonna we're gonna try and establish the run game early and and be physical and, um, you know, that doesn't differ from week to week. That's always part of the game plan. And obviously, you know, we're gonna throw sometimes more and different opponent during different uh, opponents throughout throughout the year but um, that's that's one thing that stays true and that doesn't doesn't differ as much so Colt l- let me ask you about this and I'm curious if you can give us an explanation of how this is the case and maybe because you haven't played anywhere else it's hard to have context on it but you know it, it feels like cam rising would have had a really good reason to transfer I mean it's the reason why so many players do transfer or Tavion Thomas after his early struggles in the season fumbling the ball could have said, you know what, I'm at this point I'm not getting a lot of reps. I could transfer and look to go elsewhere. And now they're two of some of the best success stories you know, in the conference, if not the whole country, with what Cam Rising's doing from his quarterback rating and Tavion having four touchdowns in the first half and 180 yards. What, what is it about the culture in the locker room that's allowing that to happen? Is it the coaching staff? Is it the teammates? What, do you have a sense of what's allowed these guys to kind of come back and have success versus saying, hey, I, I think it's better if I go play somewhere else? Um, that's a great question. I think that, you know, college football is not easy. There's, there's a bunch of guys in each room that are very capable. And, you know, at the end of the day, the coaches are going to put the people that they think are, um, you know, the best for that situation to, to get their number called or to get that play or to, to run the ball or to be the quarterback. And I, I think there's two ways you can respond. You know, you can, go the route of transferring, which I don't think is always a bad, you know, situation for some people it works out or you can stick it out and, you know, grind it out and do your best to show why you're the guy. And, you know, I think for those two guys, you know, our running back room is extremely talented. And, you know, as, as you guys saw, there's three running backs that had over a hundred yards. So like very capable guys in that room. Same with the quarterbacks, you know. It just shows the grit and the determination to to go out and and to perform. So I'm I'm curious, uh, Cole, your your overall take on Coach Ludwig and and what he's like to play for. And and Ben and I used to work with a guy who played for Coach Ludwig back when he was here the first time in the mid 2000s, and and he would you know give his perspective. And I always thought it was really different from way be, maybe what the public and the fans think. But give us your thoughts on on playing for Coach Lud and what he's like as a coach. 
Coach Ludwig is a very intense and extremely meticulous and detailed coach that I have no doubt works harder than or is, is works equally as hard as any other offensive coordinator in the country as far as preparation goes. Um, he does his best to put us in a situation to have success as an offense. And, you know, I really admire that about him, his work ethic. Uh, I admire that he's pretty straightforward and he's not going to sugarcoat things. Um, and at the end of the day, he wants to have a – he calls it a hardcore mentality where we want to impose our will on, on guys. And I think that we were able to do that and have been doing that the last couple of weeks. I think that this offense is – um, proved to be one of the most dominant in the Pac-12. So, you know, you can only give them credit and tip your hat to them. What is it, energy, energize, edge, and execution? Is that still the uh, the motto from Andy Ludwig, the four E's? Um, you know, I haven't heard the four E's. Oh, but, um, Yeah, it must have, you know, adapted over the years. Changed up his <laughs> material, yeah. He dropped his four E's. Apparently that was his... Uh, that was yeah, his... maybe I'll pull that out. I'll surprise him. Tell him about the four E's and uh, see if he's heard yeah. about them. Uh, so, last road game of the season before the Rose Bowl. What's that like for you guys coming up uh, tonight and, I guess, potentially the Pac-12 championship game? Um, it's a nice feeling that, you know, we're going to go to Arizona. That'll be our last um, away game that we can, you know, hopefully get a win there. And then I feel like our whole team is pretty confident at home at this point. You know, we haven't lost a game there. And, um when when that place gets popping and how well we're doing, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard place to come in and get a win. So um definitely on the tail end of the season and I feel like we're at our best as a team playing the best football that we have. So um I think, you know, we're very optimistic about the rest of the year. So so let me ask you this. So your your guys' chances to win the South are all but sealed. I mean, it's mathematically not done, but it's all but there, right? Uh, I'm sure you have family that is would love to go to Vegas to watch the Pac-12 championship game, whether it's, you know, from Southern California or here in Utah. I mean, that's the brilliance of Vegas, right? Everybody wants to go, and it's, it's fairly close. Do you tell them to hold off making their plans because you don't want to jinx it, or do you just say, uh, yeah, go ahead? Um, I don't. I don't try to convince them one way or the other. Okay. I think that All right. we just, yeah, we're trying to. I think if we can seal the deal in the next couple of weeks, and yeah, go ahead and make the plans, or you know, if they want to run the odds. I don't know what Vegas has or whatever it is, but. ESPN has it at like 90. What has it been? It's like 95 90s, or 90. Yeah. yeah, it's like high 90s on ESPN. Yeah, so they can they can take those odds. I'm not gonna suggest one way or the other. Not going to worry about it. What have you seen from uh, from Arizona coming off their first win? Arizona is, I mean, I've said it before, you know, the Pac-12 is a very interesting con- conference. Um, you can't overlook anybody. Uh, I think that they're very capable and, you know, for a team that has struggled as, as hard as they have um, with different coaches and, you know, losing seasons, you know, they play really hard. And they definitely have the personnel to be able to to play um, in this conference. So they've they've lost some tough games. They're coming off of a big win, um, and you know we have to do our best to kind of destroy that momentum that they've had, and and hopefully um, we can do that on Saturday. Well, Cole, as always, thank you very much for jumping on the show. We always look forward to it, and good luck against Arizona. Thank you. We appreciate it. There he is. Sounds good. 
Cole Fotheringham. Yeah, he does sound yeah, good. Yeah, he was uh, energetic and, and happy, and there's no reason not to be if you're a Utah fan right now. You're in a very good spot, like we mentioned. I mean, you've got to win. You have to win one of these final games. You're probably in great shape to win at least two, and I'm just not so sure that Utah doesn't win out. I, I got to imagine, knowing Cole like we do, and you watch him play on the field, you can probably tell this for yourself, and I asked him, you know, what's it like to run a team over? You know he loved that. You know oh, he yeah. loved that, getting out and removing linebackers' head from their bodies. I mean, that that was the and, – and then you followed up with a great question where you said, would you rather, you know, run the ball? And he danced around a little bit, but it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah he's a big physical dude. Yep. And, and again, we talked to him about it last week. I'm sure it's fun to be a tight end and go win at tight end university. Go beat Stanford. You know, that's the, they put guys in the league consistently every year. Their tight end is one of the premier spots of in all of college football, you know. That there's a handful of those around the around college football where, if you play that position, you're going to get a chance at the next level. And you know, cornerback at Ohio State, quarterback at Alabama recently, certainly you're going to be a first yeah. round draft pick, and that wasn't always the case. It used to be running back at Alabama, yeah, and, and still is. You know, still pretty good. <laughs> you still have a good chance of going in the top twenty. So or Penn State's linebacker, you or I correct. Mean, there's it was any quarterback number. at USC for a long time. You know, for for a while that was the that was the spot. But uh, tight ends in in Stanford are are you know go hand in hand with being pretty good NFL players, and with Dalton Schultz locally ended up making it through there. So it's probably fun to go out there and play and, and play at that spot and have success, and and that's what the Utes did, and it was one of the best performances we've seen since Utah's been in the Pac-12. But this, you know, this is a team that's in the conversation to be one of the best teams since they've been in the Pac-12. I don't think that's crazy to say, along with who they were a couple of years ago. And there were about a dozen Stanford fans there to see it. And one Jake Scott. And one me. You got to go down. Pretty uh, fun. I did. Uh, the Bay Area is always a good time. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Utah's playing really well right now. They're playing their best football. I think that begins and ends with the offensive line and throw you know Cole Fotheringham and the in the tight ends into that group. I think that's been the turning point for this particular. You know that and Cam Rising, of course, and making making that quarterback change obviously was uh, was a bit of a. A rallying point, I think, for this team. But really, I think the season turned around as soon as the offensive lineman, uh, lineman, the offensive line started uh, blocking up to its capability, and then everything else goes from there. I mean, to have three different running backs with 100 yards in a game is is pretty incredible. Six total touchdowns from the running back room, including for, uh, four from Thomas. I mean. That's domination, Ben. I did like that they were so <laughs> bored of giving Utah players offensive or, or player of the week awards that they didn't give it to Tavion Thomas. <laughs> nope, not this four week. touchdowns and 150 plus yards in the first half. And I get they had a little bit sl- slower second half, but yes, they stopped giving him the ball. They stopped going elsewhere because they didn't need him to rack up six and seven touchdowns. But shout out to Rashad White. Uh, at Arizona State, who did get it. He had 200 yards and three touchdowns. It wasn't like he so had a good. bad game. And they beat USC, who's almost better than Stanford. I guess they're a little bit better than Stanford, but, uh, you know. Utah. I don't know. Didn't Stanford beat USC this year? Yeah. And didn't the Utes get, did they get, uh, I think they got line, the offensive line player of the week, right? And defensive player of yeah, the week? Yeah, Braden Daniels yeah. and uh, Devin Lloyd. Yeah. So, Man, Devin Lloyd. If, if Devin Lloyd doesn't win defensive player of the year, I and I, I get it yeah. that... Uh, um, Oh. Kevin or Thibodeau. Yeah, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau Kayvon, up there sorry, in, yeah. in Oregon, but he's missed some games. Let me ask you this. DJ and PK, I thought, had a good, uh, a good chat about this this morning. Uh, apparently, DJ asked Coach Witt about uh, the conference having a bad year, and Coach Witt bristled a bit. But is there any arguing that the conference hasn't had a bad year? No. Oregon's I mean, still in playoff, Chase. Here's where you could rescue it. You could have two New Year's Six wins, and that ends up being the best Pac-12 season in a really long time. If Oregon goes to the playoff and wins a game, uh, I don't know if they can do it. 
But if Utah ends up in the Rose Bowl, so this would involve Utah losing one of these next two games, most likely. No, if if Oregon went to the playoff, it'd be Utah losing both games against Oregon. Correct. That's right. So Utah yeah. would have to lose two games to Oregon to for Oregon to get into the playoff. But regardless, you could end up with the Utes in the Rose Bowl, and the Utes can beat Michigan or Michigan State this year. I think they're good enough. I mean, those teams are really good too, but they've certainly shown that they are not infallible. Uh, but if you go, if Oregon goes to the playoff and the Utes win a Rose Bowl, that's as good as the Pac-12 could have hoped for. See, which is the flaw in the system, right? Because the Pac-12 does stink. But if they get into the playoff, to your point, nobody's going to remember that. Yeah. And everybody's going to think it was a great year. But uh, DJ rattled off all the stats. They lost two games to the big sky this year. Yeah. They're 500. No, they have a losing record at the Mountain West Conference. I mean, hey, Montana's having a good season. <laughs> okay. All right. No, there's uh, no such thing as Montana having a good season but when you no, talk about the Pac-12. And just look at the teams that have been a roaring disappointment. Arizona State, well, again, UCLA. We, look, there's going to be six job openings potentially in one conference. There's two teams that are in the top 25, right, which we should talk about. Utah's in the top yeah. 25 right now with the college football playoff. They came in at number 14. But aren't there only two teams that are ranked? It's Oregon and it's Utah. And that's, that's it. it. So, yeah, that's not good because no. you have seven SEC teams. And, yes, I think there's a political lean to that. Yes, it's not who you're watching year. every Saturday, but it's not exclusively that because, because who else would be in? Well, and Oregon's overrated. Probably. Uh, I don't think there's any probably about it. But, you know, they beat Ohio State and they're they, getting a lot of credit for that. They and beat they the should. teams that are in front of them. Yeah, that's yeah. all you can do in college football. Right. And, yeah. that's, and, and here's the thing. We got to abandon, and this is going to be sound really funny for BYU fans who are getting to the Big 12, who have had to suffer through Utah fans having Pac-12 stickers all over their life and running the, the Pac-12 uh, flag up and down the streets for the last decade now. Yep. But you really, we need to drop the conference affiliation being the end-all, be-all. Like, that was cool for Utah when they weren't making bowl games. And now you're making bowl games. You need to stop worrying about whether Arizona State or UCLA or Wazoo is, is having a good... Who cares? If you make a Rose Bowl, who cares? Yep. Well, no, I mean, but the, the, kind of to come around full circle, I mean, the ACC has been making a living off Clemson being the only yes. good team in the league for years. Yes. And everybody thinks that there's some sort of decent conference. And the truth is it doesn't matter Horrendous. because they had one really, really good team. Right. And so, ironically enough, this year, if Oregon happened to make the playoff, it would mean more that the conference has been better for pretty much the last 10 years, top to bottom. Right. This is the probably the worst year we've seen the conference right. with Utah in yeah, the league. Some years the co- the conference is a little too good for itself. You know, the, the ninth team is a little better than it should be. Right. And, and so it'll beat Oregon. Yes. <laughs> that, sometimes that's the issue. That ain't the issue this Not year. This year. <laughs> Not this year. But that w- that if Oregon does go to the playoff, that's the reason why. Because they didn't get clipped by that ninth place team twice, I should say. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people do feel this way. Do people think the SEC is good because Alabama wins the title every year? Maybe they do. I mean, you said it about Clemson. You know, if if UCLA wins the the national championship last year and makes it to the championship game, then did they lose to Baylor? They lose to Gonzaga. I can't remember who UCLA two lost to in the Final Four, but they made it that far. They had this incredible run. Uh, if they were to have won, or if Oregon had won it a couple of years ago with Dylan Brooks when right. they almost made the championship, you know, does everyone all, all of a sudden think the Pac-12 is a great basketball conference again because one team won a title? I don't know if they... I, I think you need to have more sustained credibility than that. And the SEC does have sustained credibility because Georgia's going to win the title this year and Alabama's going to win in the past years and LSU won it a few years before that because there are so many teams that can win the title legitimately. But the SEC is not the gauntlet that everybody makes it out to be. It's 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 the best college football conference in the land, don't get me wrong, but it's not as deep. I mean, you have to play Georgia and uh, Alabama, and you've got those, those two, and Florida's good every once in a while. But, 
you know, there's also Vanderbilt in Arkansas. I know Arkansas is a little bit better, but Mizzou and these teams that get off the mat rarely. Yeah. When they land a stud quarterback and then they go right back to the bottom. It's usually, you know, two or three tough teams, and usually two of those are Alabama and, uh, and Georgia. And then it's kind of everybody else. Seven teams ranked in the top 25, probably, I don't know, Ben, we can go through it. Four of them deserve it. Five of them deserve it. Yeah. But then the rest go, well, they're running the gauntlet of the SEC. They must be good. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. We, we build up these these teams too much and then we rank them and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that the 15 that you beat Arkansas who's ranked whatever 25 right and it's okay that's a great win it's like beating Arkansas is not a great win I get that they started the year well but that doesn't necessarily mean they're great by the way UCLA lost to Gonzaga Jalen Suggs hit that three that's a buzzer baiter so anyways college basketball's back though hey now we can talk college basketball we can including a couple of uh, wins in state last night top three stories at kslsports.com is coming up next yes we will talk a little college basketball uh i wanted there's a story up uh let's see our guy uh uh trevor allen of course covers the utes talking about espn game day curious as to does that matter anymore is that a thing does it matter you ben We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll get some jazz conversation as well. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.